a phone mom in now. Let's have a there we go. Let's get her on the line. Hello? Hello, how are you? Hi, good morning, Catherine. I feel so nervous talking on the phone. I know, it's a little bit different today, isn't it? It's very, very different. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good. I'm very well. It's the end of our three days in Swellendam, yes. and I feel completely relaxed, and I've had a wonderful stay. Oh, lovely. So are you coming back today or tomorrow? No, today. So today is the, the last day we're checking out this morning. So we're in marvellous Swellendam of all places. Oh, stunning. And what's it like out there? Well, you know, it's changed very much. You know, um, we were based at Breda of a Lodge for uh, a year or so. So we knew this area quite well. Mm. And it was very dry, as I recall. And at the, at one point when I went down to um, to Witsant with um, Lindem, which must have been about maybe 10 years ago, it had got so dry that they had moved away from uh, a lot of wheat farming to ostriches. Oh, um, the, and the now it's dry. completely different. The mountains are very green here. It looks almost like the start of the garden route. Oh, wow. uh, when you see from George Wilderness area, when you've got these very green mountains with trees on the mountains. And if you think what we look like on our side, how dry we are at the moment, yeah. they're very green. And in fact, we've had two days rain. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, it, um, you know, I've seen a distinct change in, in a climate change. You know, they now describe themselves as Mediterranean and they were never Mediterranean before. Mm. So there definitely has been a change. And um, I must say a change for the good. That is for sure. It, absolutely beautiful the the um, the scenery here is breathtaking i mean you come in summertime you don't expect everything to be so green and the mountains to be so very green as yes, well yes yeah because typically typically we have a very dry summer this side that's correct yeah we're staying on a berry farm just outside uh swellendam mm. we want to come out so we got here because of swap and stay so okay. if anyone out there in the interwebs wants to know about swap and stay contact me so it's for um it's for hotels or hotel owners there's always been a informal um bed night exchange in the industry but the problem is is keeping a record of these you know yes. you don't know how many people stayed with you and how many stayed you know you don't know where you are uh, you have to keep some good records mm. but what swap and stay did was they formalized it so it's online and it's an app and you pay a an annual membership mm -hmm. which i must say i mean i've looked at their rates here it was probably over two and a half thousand for the three nights that's double what my annual rates are yes and i get 10 nights away for two people in a year so you know it really is good value for money so we wanted to come and see the berry farm out here so the place we are at is called Vildebram berry estate mm. and they do just two kinds of berries here they do a blackberry and a young berry oh i love young berries yes and the young berry i didn't know that was a hybrid between a blackberry and a raspberry oh. and it's bred in south africa yes the the man called mr young came and bred them so now the hermitage valley where we're staying in is yes. responsible for 80 percent of South Africa's production of young berries. And it's the largest young berry producing area in the world. Oh, wow. So if we invented the young berry, then I would imagine that's why we're one of the greatest producers of yes. young berries. 
we were a little bit late for the picking that is from mid-November till the end of December is picking. Okay. And you can come out to the farm and you can actually do your picking here. Oh, stunning, stunning. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, love that. And Swellendam is extremely interesting. You have to go off the N2 because if you're on the N2, you don't even see Swellendam. You kind of bypass it on the N2. Mm. So it sits halfway between Cape Town and George. Okay. So it's a good mid-stop. You know, it's 220 to George and it's 215 to Cape Town. So it's almost exactly in half uh, if you're going to break your trip up. But you need to go off the N2 into the town of Swellendam. Mm. And it's a very interesting town. Lots of national monuments. In fact, I think I read somewhere that they've got over 50 national monuments wow. in Swellendam. So lots and lots of history in, in Swellendam. And an, an interesting fact was, you know, our building at Knorrick was completed in 1795. Yes. And that's when the British arrived. Okay, So the town of Swellendam was created in 1745 already. So it's older than, than we were. Mm. But in 1795, the the inhabitants of the town. So it's quite a, uh, a busy town. There were a lot of trade points from here because from here you could go to the coast. And of course, it sits on the Breda River, which is one of the biggest tidal rivers in South Africa is the Breda River. It's got a mouth that's 1.5 kilometers. It's navigable right past Malchos, which is 52 kilometers upriver. Okay, and runs so you can get a lot of resources and things up in there pretty easily. That's right. So you, it actually starts in series. The mountain starts and it run, the river, sorry, and runs all the way down to you. So you can go up and down. So a lot of their trading and runs right through Swellendam. So the trade to the coast. This was the route for that, and this was also the entrance into the into the the inland part because you can go from here through the Trudeau Pass and end up at. Um, at Barrydale, yes. and Barrydale is on R62, so that's that tourist route yes. um, that way. And in June of 19, 1795, sorry, the inhabitants had had enough of the Dutch, so they felt they were treated very badly, and they had issued a unilateral declaration of independence oh, wow. and declared themselves the Republic of Swellendam. Oh, wow. <laughs> How cheeky. Yeah. Well, I mean, Cape Town's trying to do that now, hey? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it came to a very rapid end when the British arrived at the end of 1795. So they had about a six-month go at oh, it. Oh, shame. The British arrived and went, no, I'm sorry, you're doing what? <laughs> we'll <laughs> have that, thank happening. you. Thank you, we'll cancel that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it's a very interesting little town. Lots of interesting things to see, you know. In our travels, we found that a lot of places have been knocked very hard by COVID. Yes. You know, things are a little bit run down and, you know, not as great as they were. But Swellendam is thriving. It really is. Oh, it's so a, good to it's hear. a great hub. Yeah, absolutely. I think I should work for the Swellendam um, Tourist Association. <laughs> I think you should work for the whole country's tourist association. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, I was thinking while I was here as well. You know, I've been overseas. I've I've been done the European thing yeah. in 1987, and we've been to we were lived in Mozambique for five years. Yeah. And I thought, if I'm going to spend the money to go overseas now, okay, and with airfares being so expensive and accommodation, I want to go to a place that looks nothing like South Africa. Yes, because if you can see it in South Africa, why don't you go to? So if you want to go to Greece. Go to Langebank, go to Mykonos. Yes, It's yeah. very similar. There, there's so many yeah, so different places in South Africa that are so similar to everywhere else around the, uh, around the world because we have all these exactly. different ecosystems, different climates, different, you know, that everything is different around South Africa. A hundred percent. And if you can't find it here, then go overseas. Yeah. You know, um, 
the, the tropical beaches and things like that. If you go up way north of the St. Lucia area, you'll find it there. If you want deserts, go up to the northern Cape. I think the only thing that you're missing in South Africa is a lot of the history. Mm. So, you know, that I found immediately significant when we arrived in, in Amsterdam. And the new church in Delft was 1500s. Yes. That was the new church, the Nivenkerk. Yeah. Okay? And, I mean, our castle, it was 1666. So, the new church was older than our castle. So, yes. that's the significant thing that you find when you go to Europe is the age of things. But if you're just going to look and experience, then be a tourist in your own country. Yes. You know, it's great for local um, local tourism is amazing, you know, it builds communities. It, um, if you go through Thompson Tours, well, there's someone in England who's going to buy himself a new holiday house because you booked through Thompson Tours. I don't want yeah. to knock Thompson Tours in case you ever want to give <laughs> Any me sort of international anyway. traveling company or whatever, you, you're giving, you're <laughs> you giving the boss money. You know? need to persuade me otherwise. <laughs> Exactly. But if you want to sponsor go, us. <laughs> yes, go local, support local, you know. Um, and I think that's a message for everything, whether wherever you buy your food yes, from. Yes. Yeah. Try and support local. You know, it feeds somebody's family. It puts someone in school. You know, so I think that's a message we really this year need to put out there is support local, use local. Yeah, and it's, because it's these not necessarily people, that like, um, you know, just because you're buying it from overseas and it's more expensive, it means it's better. No, it's more expensive yes. because the importing fees cost that much money. It doesn't mean it's necessarily Correct. better, you know. No. And try and keep away from the big brand names, you know, um, and you know, unless you're in a real hurry or whatever, or you you're trying to sort of save some money because they can buy in bulk. Mm. That's the advantage of the big supermarkets; is they buy in bulk. But if you're going to go and spend the money at Woolies, then you may as well spend that money at an artisanal bread shop or whatever. You know, yes, you may have yeah. to work a bit harder or find a market that has those kind of things. But but definitely, and try and be a tourist in your own town. You know, there's a, we, we're so quick to want to leave um, yes. and not know what's going on in our own town. Be a tourist in your own town. I know that you like to go down to the beach, and we've done the, the red bus in Cape Town. Yes, so, yeah. I mean, that was you know, so amazing. And the, the red bus specifically, the amount of history and the amount of research that they've got on that tour that you can listen to as you're doing the whole tour, it's, it's so fascinating and so interesting to just listen to all of that. And uh, what, I mean, yes. we, 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 what did we, it was like a... Uh, five minutes to go to the bus stop and then <laughs> off we went for yes. a whole day's experience. Yep. It was incredible. A whole day. Yeah. And it wasn't that expensive. I think it was um, 200 uh, per person. But there's lots of things you can do for nothing. Yeah. I thought that it was only the cable car on your birthday. But you know that you can go to the Two Oceans Aquarium yes. on your birthday for yeah. nothing as well. And also, if you go to the there's Two Oceans whole- after three o'clock, there's a, like, it's like half price. Oh, okay, because yeah. it is fairly expensive. But, I mean, you can go on your birthday and it's for nothing. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole lot of things you can do in Cape Town um, on your birthday. And then what we've done before, so it was pre-COVID, we went and stayed in Musenberg for two days. Mm. Now, that was fun. You know, we didn't stay on the beachfront because it was too expensive. We stayed a couple of roads in. Yeah. But we could walk to the beachfront. We could walk out for a drink in the evening. We went down to the Striped Horse. Mm-hmm. And then we could catch the train from False Bay Station all the way to Simonstown. Now, of course, the new Prancer trains are on the line already. I had guests the other day who took that train and they said, oh my God, it was fantastic. Thank you so much for the recommendation. So, you know, and it's, you can get off, if you're staying in the area, you can get off the Brass Bell and have lunch and have a drink and get back on the train again. It's just, 
be off the train before three o'clock. That's the only advice I can give. Because everyone's because going the home from kids work and stuff. Yeah, the school kids hop on at three o'clock. Okay. So it just is very noisy and it's busy and they're up and down and there's skateboards and things like <laughs> that. And they, the, there is no guards, I think, on the train or uh, conductors after half past four or something. Okay. Although that line is quite a safe line, that um, um, Musenberg to Simonstown line is, is fairly safe. You just have to check when you get your fish hook if the line is open to Simonstown because sometimes they have sand on the road. Yeah. But yeah, just... Be a tourist in your own town. You can drive to Musenberg, leave the car at the station. It's very safe there. And do a trip down to Samsung. Walk from the station in Samsung to Boulders. Yes. It's three kilometers. It's not going to kill you. Stop and have lunch, you know. <laughs> yeah. Come back, get on the train, you know. Yeah, and also it's it's so important, especially like taking a break is so, so, so important. Just getting away from your house, your environment, and just getting out of your area for a second just to take a deep, deep breath and uh, relax oh, a little bit. Absolutely. You don't need to go to Europe to go and relax. You know, you can just head a couple of kilometers away from where you live and just experience yes. a different environment for a little bit, especially, yeah. I mean, in this country, you, you only need to travel 20Ks and you're in a completely different atmosphere environment different group of people different climate yes. sometimes yeah um I, I think anything away from 150 to 200 kilometers away from where you stay is already a different climate if mm. you look if you went from gordon's bay 200 kilometers you're on the west coast yes and that is completely different the people are different the atmosphere is different everything's if you go 200 kilometers up the east coast you're in the swilling dam area yeah. there's so much to see out here you know, um, this area grows up. It's a huge agricultural area. Mm. So if you come out here in winter time, to see the canola fields is just, it is oh, a sight. Yes. Remember that one time I went to Darling and yes. we saw the canola? Oh, it was and the in daisies September. in between the canolas. Oh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. It is, yeah. So if you come out this way, you know, the West Coast side has only just recently started growing canola. This area is known for its canola oh, okay. on this side. So to come over these passes and see these fields and fields of yellow is just, I mean, it's so spectacular. It's just um, absolutely amazing. Yes, yeah. It's, um, it's, and I think, like, especially nowadays with COVID and things getting people we've been in our houses for a long time and maybe now we're sort of getting into the new year but you know you feel like you've taken that time off during COVID so you feel kind of guilty taking time off of work because you're like well I've been sitting at home doing nothing for the last five months but the thing is you just need to get out of your house and you just need to take a deep breath outside you know and just go to another place and and if it's local I mean within your budget it's like not that far and the first and this, yeah, these 100%. small towns are so beautiful in this country. The people are so friendly, and it's just something yes. we have such a charm about all of our little towns dotted around South Africa. Yeah, exactly. You know, you interviewed that lady um, with a poet festival in in Grayton. Oh, McGregor. Yeah. She was in McGregor. McGregor. Yes. I mean, McGregor is absolutely gorgeous. You know, so even if you did a day trip. Um, and you went up over Solari's Pass and you turn into Elgin and you travel that way during um, early spring and you travel all the way out to Villiersdorp and even turn around and come back. That countryside there feels like English countryside mm. because you're driving between these hedges and it's all fruit everywhere. It is so beautiful. And if you catch it right, you dra- travel during the blossom time. Mm. And that's it's just, and it's an hour drive, you know, go around um, Clarence Drive take a drive out to pit stop 
um, and just yeah, the pit stop that is lovely. Itself. Yes, and take your time because if you go at the right time of the year, you can see the whales. Oh. If you go in June, you can see the orcas yes. because they now come in uh, on a regular basis. They've been coming into False Bay. Yeah, it's it's um it's such a beautiful drive out that way as well around that Clarence Drive. It's absolutely stunning. I mean, I, I try and go out yes. there as much as possible because it's just to yes. look out onto the ocean is just absolutely breathtaking. And everyone's driving yes. slowly, and so you can take your time to yes, go well, around there. Except for the people who live in Pringle Bay and they're a rush, <laughs> but you've got a CJ registration, so they do go. Oh, bloody tourists! <laughs> yes, yeah, I can get away with it. So Sunday drivers, yeah. but there is enough places to pull over. So if you find the traffic is building up behind you, you can just pull over for two minutes, let the traffic go past, and then you can get going in. So lots of those little pullovers the whole mm. way, which is great because you can stop, especially as a driver. You know, you are always driving. So your partner doesn't drive, which yeah. means you're the one who can't be staring at the <laughs> at the scenery. Yes. You have to be concentrating on that road because that road does take a bit of concentration. Yeah, especially when it's but windy, there is it's enough places <laughs> for you to stop and look. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean, if you've got a guest house, swap and stay is the best way to do that. Um, you can absolutely yeah. because in your holiday, of course, the most expensive part about your holiday is accommodation. Yes. Yeah. So if you can find a way to cut down the cost of that, and it's a, and it's a, just an annual fee, give me a shot. I'll get you. I'll get you hooked up. I'm I'm connected. Yes. All right. So let's go to some <laughs> music quickly, and then we'll come fantastic. back after the break. This has been. Oh, Lovely. this is fantastic. This is so fun. I love doing phone calls. I do miss you though very I, much. I know it's difficult to. I can't see you, yes. so I can't kind of gauge where we are. I, in fact, I can't even see the time because I don't have my watch oh, on either because no. I'm on vacation. So Thirty-four minutes past seven. Watch off. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't even see the time or anything like that. I have to go and find something where I can see the time and see what's going on. <laughs> but yeah, it feels strange not to be with you. But yeah. this is this is nice. Yeah, it's this, different. Is, this is great. All right, then when we come back we'll talk about conversations yes i love that okay see you fantastic i'll talk to you later okay bye and we're back <laughs> hello there i must tell you i can hear the music playing in between as well oh, okay, i think you fun. said you weren't sure yes i can hear the music playing oh, so you get a how are party you as well <laughs> yes yes Right, so we said we were going to talk about conversations. Yes, how to have a conversation with your parents, how parents have conversations with their children. (laughs) Because I listened to your show yesterday about Wellness Wednesday and how to have a conversation with a friend that wasn't wasn't working for you anymore yes so i thought that was very interesting clear the air either tell them how you feel and if they want to accommodate for you make adjustments to the friendship they can but if not cut them loose (laughs) yes ghost them ghost them (laughs) well yeah i mean if they're like a particularly like aggressive or somebody who's just very negative just just don't even bother talking to them (laughs) yes so I've I've discovered something um, with you being on the radio station, yes. and and I had an epiphany about a week or two ago, and I realised that as parents, you don't ever really listen to your children. Now I've made make this statement, and I had the, a little chat with my friend Nikki, who owns Lava Java. So if you're ever looking for a good coffee, go and see Nikki at Pardeflat. But anyway, I was chatting to her, and she told me that she always listened to her children, mm. and then I felt like a terrible parent and I thought oh my god I've been doing it wrong all along it's but at least I've discovered it's, it's now what kind of listening you're doing though it can be very different 
Exactly. So what she would do, which I think was a fabulous idea from very young, she would ask them um, how their day was. But more importantly, she'd ask them to tell her what was the highlight of their day and why. Mm. And what was the low point of their day and why. Mm. So they would get into the habit of being able to speak about their feelings yeah, and how they felt. It's about ingrained things. when you're youngest and then you know how to communicate it as you get older as well. If, if you're not feeling great exactly. about something, you know to know you know how to say it. Exactly. And then you you open those lines of communication with your parents. Yes. Because often what happens, and, and this is what I realize, is that when you listen to your child, you think you're listening, but you're only listening for key words. Like, I am fine. The car is fine. I'm still with a boyfriend and I'm not broke. Okay, then she's fine. Okay, mm. she doesn't need any money or anything like that. <laughs> and everything else is just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you're just listening for that. And yes. then also what you tend to do as a parent is you tend to just give instructions. Yes. So when the child is at school, have you done your homework? Have you brushed your teeth? Um, is instructions. When they go to college, did you do your project? Have you got money for rent? Don't forget to um, renew your driver's license. <laughs> yes. Have you renewed the car's license? Yeah. And then when they finish with college, the next set of instructions start. Did you pay your bond? Have you paid your levy? It's just instructions mm. again. So it's not a conversation. It's someone instructing another person. Mm. Then I come and visit you and the first thing I do is clean your fridge. Okay, <laughs> That's not what friends do unless they ask first. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we were having a conversation with Ruan. Yes. And Ruan, who's 40, says, oh, I don't know if we say, well, I say on air that he's 40, well, but he looks really good for 40, I must say. <laughs> and he said his mom comes in and she'll make his bed. Well, it's yes. not make his bed, his bed is made. She'll remake the bed. She'll put new <laughs> linen on the bed. Yeah. And then she'll just come and spray his oven and his stove. Yeah. I mean, friends don't do that, yeah. okay? Friend, no, they'll ask because it's an invasion of your privacy. Yeah. And it's also a statement on, on you as an adult. I don't think you keep your house 100% clean. Yeah. I don't think that you actually are changing the bottom sheet, you know. <laughs> so it's, Yeah, you come in and sort of you know, mop the floors for us or you'll redo the dishes that are already done or whatever. Exactly. And so it's that, it's that constant relationship where you're not listening properly. And it took for you to be on the radio where I have to listen to you because I can't interrupt you yes. because you're talking to me and I have to listen. So it was a huge eye-opener for me um, and, and I found out I have found out so much about you in the past you know since Three October months, yeah. since you've been on the radio I didn't know all these things I mean I kind of knew what you liked and what your taste was and things like that but what was going on in your head yeah you know so listening to you on the radio has opened that conversation it meant that I had to be quiet and listen to you and yeah. that very rarely happens ever you know <laughs> and I think like it also depends on like the family dynamic like we're not like the most affectionate people in the world you know <laughs> no. so like you know when we were living together I wouldn't come like climb in bed and talk about what's going on in my life you know I'm very independent yes. and you're also very independent as well and that that's you know that's yes. just the way that it was it's um and that's a that's a, a style that we grew up in and that's sort of what we knew but now we've sort of opened up into this new relationship where it is very much like a friendship and um you know we we go out for lunch together all the time and we catch up and we talk and it's it's a nice dynamic to be in Yes, and it's happened early enough. Yes. So it hasn't happened when I'm 60 and, and you are 
you know, what, what's that? Oh, you're fitty. Yeah. Okay. So um, at least it's happened early enough so that you don't have any regrets mm. that it hasn't, you know, happened when you're 40 or 50, you know, mm. because by then can you actually change anymore? You know, is are you, do you have the ability as an 80 year old to change and do you want to change? Well, yeah, so, I suppose a lot of people at that age kind of go like, well, you know, <laughs> I've lived a life this long, this way. Why change everything now kind of thing? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, you try to be better than your parents. Mm. So you try to say that I I will always listen to my child and I'll always answer everything they ask. I will never say because I said so or because I am the parent. Mm. But you find yourself after the 250 millionth why, you'll say, because I said so. Because mm, why <laughs> so, is a crooked letter and you can't make it straight? <laughs> exactly. So you do catch yourself repeating that behavior, repeating those patterns, mm. because you're not actually listening properly. And I think that is the key, is to listen properly. So yes, you don't have to be best friends with your children when they're two, because they're going to run amok, okay? Yes. They are going to just... So a child does need discipline. Absolutely, it needs to know what the boundaries are. Yeah. So... If you can imagine a game of football without any rules, imagine a game of football where there are no lines drawn around the outside of the field. Yes. You know what? You play in the stands, mm. you know, so it would be chaos. So a child is like that too. They need to know what the field looks like. How, where are those outlines? Yeah. Uh, where are the goalposts? You can't keep moving the goalposts either. You yes. can't make them bigger and smaller. As a child develops and they get older, Sure, the field gets a little bit bigger, and they're going to keep testing those boundaries. Yeah. But they need to very clear boundaries set that this is what's acceptable and this is not what's acceptable. And in between that, you can now relax and have a conversation with your child. Mm. And you can start as young as 22 months, especially with girls, because they speak very early. Mm. So they are, you know, their vocabulary is quite big at 22 months already. And you can ask them things about their day personally mm. so not about a general you know how was your day did you go down the slide today mm. um, did you put that yellow jersey on yourself and the child then realizes that mom pays attention to me she can see me mm. it's not a general question so you can begin that conversation very early you don't have to be your child's best friend yes but at least as that child comes into puberty. And there are all kinds of issues that come with puberty. Yeah. There's insecurity, there is all kinds of things that you've got a line of communication already open yes. with a parent. Because it's difficult that at that can, stage to start creating new dynamics because the you know the child itself is already confused with all this stuff going on. And then when you change the goalposts or you change the field, then it's like, well, how do I navigate this new relationship while still navigating how complicated life is? if you change it all of a sudden kind of thing exactly and as a teenager you're not an adult yet and you're not a child anymore mm. so it's that that uh, very difficult time between you know uh, through the ages that age has changed so you know cavemen would kick their children out of 10 you know yeah. uh, wouldn't <laughs> make your own clan you know yeah, you and go. then as you got older that age changed to sort of 12 now that same child is not considered an adult until they're 18 mm. but they could have really probably been by themselves from 12 or 13 they wouldn't have died already you know mm -hmm. they would have been married off with their own own brood starting yeah so yeah. in a it depends on the age when the child is considered an adult um so you know those lines need to be uh, 
the lines of communication need to be open. I, I see a trend very much today with um, adult children moving home again yes. because they saving money or because of money or whatever they're moving home and the dynamic with parents then is very difficult because those parents oh thank god those kids are gone okay yes. and have them move back into their space um i remember i had to go and stay with my parents when i returned from overseas i came back i didn't have work mm. and i ended up staying with them for three months and my dad said you're home by 10. Mm. on the weekend friday night saturday night you can stay out till 12. But on Sunday night, you're in by 10. Yeah. I went, but that's ridiculous. I'm 21 years old. And he said, this is my home. Yes. I get up at 5 in the morning to go to work. You are just lolling around. You've lived by yourself before. You can go back and live by yourself again. Mm-hmm. And he was 100% right. It was his home. And I couldn't start flailing around on the couch you yes, know yeah so yeah it was a great way to get me out you know it was three <laughs> months is all i could stand <laughs> but yes. yeah it is it's a difficult thing that's happening now is this a lot of these people that I know are moving back with their parents you know yes yeah but I think uh, especially now with the sort of the pandemic going on and the economy being the state that it is in I think when people are moving back home it's very important to have a conversation like the one that we're having now where you need to open up and and have a discussion with someone I mean when you move back home and maybe change the dynamic to like a roommate situation you know so there's house rules but there's no governing rules over any person particularly so, you know, the house rules are that the dishes are done after you've cooked or that you've done your own laundry or whatever or whatever it is. But that is the guideline as opposed to I'm the parent and you should do what because that's going to cause a lot of friction at home as well. Exactly. I like that idea of saying this is the, the rules for the common areas. Mm. So in the common area, you can't leave your crap laying around. You've got to do the dishes. It's your turn to do the dishes. Mm. It's what happens in the common area. What you do in your room is your business. So I'm not going to come in there and make your bed. Yes. Because, you know, so and I think it'll go much smoother than when you're not a parent-child relationship. Because someone has got, you know, the child is now maybe in their 30s or whatever, and mm. they are an independent person, you know, yeah. and you're treating them like, like they're a child again, you yes, know. Yes, and that just so causes that's, friction. It does become, yeah. <laughs> and I, absolutely, absolutely. So I think the sooner you can start that communication, the better. But in the same breath, it's never too late. No. It's never too late to have a friendship with your parents. Yeah. Um, and and have a, uh, sit down and have a conversation with them yeah. and say to them, you all, you know, you come, you know, avoid words like always and mm, say, you or know, never. It, it just starts. <laughs> ne- yeah, it, it's the beginning of a fight, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would like it if we could have a better friendship. Yes. Um, I am an adult now. I like it when you come and visit, but please don't um, clean or anything like that. Yes. If you don't, if you feel, if my place makes you feel uncomfortable, let's meet in a neutral area. Yes, you know, let's go let's for go coffee. For coffee else, yeah. Or exactly, and then start that conversation with your parents. Yeah. You know, so it's never too late to do, uh, but it is good if you can start very early. Yeah. But don't indulge your child either. Often you find these children who are very precocious because they are are children who are only children yeah and you know they get given <laughs> pony lessons from when they won you know yeah. they don't they don't remember it and they don't appreciate it yeah. anyway you know <laughs> and you've gone to vast expense to do it and you know better i don't what is your earliest memory probably five or six um 
whew, I have a few memories from the Lucky Bean House. I don't know when that was. And I have a oh, couple wow, yes. Yeah, I have a couple of memories from Princess Grant, but I think that was after the Lucky Bean House. Um, yes, I just, it was often. Like yeah, so I, I remember sort of the, what the house looked like. It had the sort of big rondavels and the, the, we had a big, lots of trees yes. outside. And we had that sort of upstairs attic-y area where I found that the quote-unquote Dussie the lived. Dussies. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that is the funniest story, of course. <laughs> so it was two rondavels. Uh, there was a holiday house. So we yeah. were at Walker Sun and it was, we'd moved into a holiday house because we'd been living in Walker Sun accommodation. And it was fully furnished but they hadn't had anyone staying in for a long time they were trying to sell the house mm. and they were asking i think sixty thousand, and they couldn't get it sold it looked terrible the the grass was waist high um it was an absolute mess so they rented it to us and we fixed it up and i think within a year they sold it for one hundred and twenty thousand. they oh, were wow. so happy with us they gave us all the furniture in fact all your melamine red melamine stuff that yes. you got is from the lucky <laughs> my <Bean> camping house. <laughs> my camping crockery <laughs> That's it. It's from the Lucky Bean House. So it had these two rondavos that were joined by a middle section that was the lounge, mm. but there was an upstairs loft area. And uh, Dad was in the kitchen preparing breakfast one morning, which is was a rondavo. Yeah. And uh, as he was project, uh, doing the breakfast, down came the world's biggest Norwegian thatch rack. <laughs> which was probably as long as my forearm without oh its gosh. tail, okay? <laughs> so <laughs> Dad threw the pan down, grabbed the broom, and was chasing this through the kitchen. Yes. And you were sitting on one of the bar stools and said, Dad, don't chase my dussy friends like that. And he goes, <laughs> what do you mean your dussy friends? I have tea with them every day oh, upstairs. No. Well, I came home from whenever, and he had put every piece of furniture up the staircase, and he had... <laughs> <laughs> So you couldn't get up there to go and have tea with your dusties anymore. Have tea with my Norwegian cane rat friends. <laughs> no, no, they were Norwegian thatch rats. Oh, thatch rats. Okay. Yeah, because Ooh. they they we had they a thatch look, house, yes. so they were Norwegian thatch rats. Oh so they're gosh. very large. Not the cane ones. I think were, were lunch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had lunch in the fields. <laughs> yeah, cane rats. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you know, you were always had to be very independent from very early, and we relied on you being independent mm. because you were raised in a hotel. Yeah. So you had to be able to do your own thing, entertain yourself, and. For example, in Mozambique, you knew at five o'clock we would still be working, mm. but you have to be showered by five. Yes. And you have to have your long sleeve on, you have to have shoes and socks on, and you have to have your mozzie spray on by five yeah, o'clock. And that, and that wasn't necessarily like, dinner. that wasn't necessarily like a rule of what I had to follow. It was just that like, there's mosquitoes out there, you will get malaria, you need to be showered yes. and have all of your stuff on by five o'clock, or you're going to get bitten by a mosquito. So it, it was yes. kind of like a necessity of things as well. <laughs> Yeah. So you were very independent. And then when we built the school on our property, you would get up extra early in the morning because school would start at half past six in the morning. Mm, it was so hot. you'd be up at quarter to six because it's so hot. Mm. And you would open the school. So you'd walk to the teacher's house, collect the key, you'd unlock the doors, clean the blackboard, open the gates <laughs> so the parents could drive in and drop off the parents. Yeah. So all that you did when you were five, you know, yeah. so you were always very independent. So I must say we never worried that much about you because, but that also wasn't a great thing because, you know, then you don't have uh, that security of knowing that 
you've got to fall back on your parents. Yeah, or your child you needs expected. you for anything. <laughs> yeah, and you didn't have a sibling that you could go to for advice, you know? Yeah. Because we, we were always working, we were always busy. You, you, of course, could see us at any time because we worked and lived in the same place. Yes. So you could always see us, and we always thought that was enough. But, of course, it's not. You know, it's seeing your parents all the time doesn't make it any better than a child who goes to boarding school because mm. when they do come back, the parents pay attention to them, you know? <laughs> yes. All right, it's a, it's just before 8 o'clock, so I'm going to cut to some music and then come back with the Fantastic. news. And then um, if you want to, I can call you back. We can have another conversation if you like. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think I've got to stop packing because I think I saw someone here making faces at me. So I'm going to say goodbye. Okay, perfect. But I'll be in studio next week, Thursday, with you. I miss being with you. I haven't oh, seen you the whole week as well. So... Yes, enjoy the rest of your show. Thank, thank you so much. You. I really had a good time today. Oh, and thank you for letting me call you on your holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's the end. It's finished. I've got to go back and tend to everything. Yeah. <laughs> but the nice thing, I left my phone behind, which was absolutely godsend. Yes, we're phoning on Dad's phone not at having the moment. My phone. <laughs> yeah, so I, the staff, I think, are going to throttle me when I get back there. So. <laughs> Catherine, have a wonderful, wonderful day. And I'll talk to you after the show. Love you lots. Love you lots. Bye. Okay, bye.